Chapter 22 Upon my house it shall begin. Verily, verily, I say unto you, darkness covereth the earth, and gross darkness the minds of the people, and all flesh has become corrupt before my face. Behold, vengeance cometh speedily upon the inhabitants of the earth. A day of wrath, a day of burning, a day of desolation, of weeping, of mourning, and of lamentation, and as a whirlwind it shall come upon all the face of the earth, saith the Lord. And upon my house shall it begin, and from my house shall it go forth, saith the Lord. First among those among you, saith the Lord, who have professed to know my name, and have not known me, and have blasphemed against me in the midst of my house, saith the Lord. Doctrine and Covenants 112.23-26 Upon my house shall it begin. To understand why the destruction would begin in the Lord's own house, and how we as a people get to that point, we need to understand where we are today and how we got here. Let's go back to the saints of Joseph Smith's day. Joseph lamented, quote, Getting something new into the heads of this people is like trying to break hemlock, knots using a corn dodger as a wedge and a pumpkin as a beetle, unquote. Along those lines, quote, Every time I try and introduce something that goes against the traditions of this people, they fall to pieces like glass, unquote. Joseph was attempting to bring about Zion. Bringing, part of bringing about Zion is raising up a people that can endure the presence of the Lord. Doctrine and Covenants 7651-54 reveals much about those who qualify to live in a Zion society. Verse 51. They are they who received the testimony of Jesus and believed on his name and were baptized after the manner of his burial, being buried in the water in his name and this according to the commandment which he has given. 52. That by keeping the commandments they might be washed and cleansed from all their sins and receive the Holy Spirit by the laying on of the hands of him who was ordained and sealed unto this power. Verse 53. And who overcome by faith and are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, which the Father sheds forth upon all those who are just and true. Verse 54. They are they who are of the church. Of the firstborn. This is where Joseph was trying to take the saints in his day. Joseph taught them of this when he showed them an example of another prophet who tried to help his people to this level. Doctrine and Covenants section 84 describes how Moses sought to have the people seek the Lord directly, but they would not. They were promised great blessings if they would, but they refused. Consider this from Doctrine and Covenants 84 verses 23 and 24. Now this Moses plainly taught to the children of Israel in the wilderness and sought diligently to sanctify his people that they might behold the face of God. But they hardened their hearts and could not endure his presence. Then God in his wrath took the fullness of the priesthood, keys of the mystery, and the knowledge of God from them. As a result, they were driven into the wilderness to wander for 40 years and were left with a preparatory gospel that a faith repentance, and baptism by water. Very interesting that section 84 mentions this as a preface to what the saints are attempting. Uh, build it, let's see. The saints are attempting at building a temple, a place where they, like the children of Israel in Moses' day, might come up and see the Lord's face and know him. The Lord tells them in verses 54 and 57 that the entire church is under condemnation and will remain so until they take the Book of Mormon seriously. 
The people were promised that if they lived up to their covenants, they would not be moved out of their place and that they would build Zion. We know that they were moved out of their place as they were driven from their homes into stranger lands, as their ancient counterparts in Moses' time. They had not kept their covenants and as such were subject to the judgment of God rather than his promised blessings. They had essentially been demoted to the preparatory gospel. President Ezra Taft Benson reiterated in his general conference address in October 1986, quote, Let us not remain under condemnation with its scourge and judgment by treating lightly this great and marvelous gift the Lord has given to us. Rather, let us win the promises associated with treasuring it up in our hearts, unquote. What are the elements of the parallels between Moses and Joseph Smith? Are those that pertain to the latter-day churches of Christ, truly the house of Israel, the Gentiles, and Moses' house of Israel? How do these things apply to us now, in our day? Upon considering Joseph's lamenting in the King Follett discourse of the spiritual state of the saints in his day, there's a strong evidence to suggest that we stand a good chance of being left to wander in the wilderness, as they once did in Moses' day. We are still under that same condemnation as those in Joseph's day. What must we do to lift that condemnation and rise above it? God knew those in Joseph's day would have a falling away, and it was prophesied of by Christ when he came to the Nephites in first Nephi, sorry, third Nephi, 16:10. Verse 10, and in that day when the Gentiles shall reject the fullness of my gospel, I shall bring the fullness of my gospel from among them. However, just as in the days of Moses, when the children rejected the fullness, individuals were able to ascend. The pattern still exists and is encouraged today. There is an ever-increasing message being taught from the pulpit to increase our time spent with the Lord, to learn his voice and receive personal revelation. In Moses' day, there were men among the children of Israel who were doing just this, and they brought the matter to the attention of Moses. Numbers 11:29 records, And Moses said unto him, Envious thou my, for my sake? Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them? A prophet was defined in that day as one who had the spirit of prophecy. This is not to be confused with the prophet and president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That prophet is trying to get us to do the same thing Moses tried and the same thing Joseph tried. Today, those with eyes to see and ears to hear can see the doctrine of Christ in the scriptures and also embark on the path of ascension through entering into the new and everlasting covenant. Joseph was not able to finish his work during his mortal life because the people would not do what it would take. We have another chance. How does God intend to sanctify his people? Through getting them to enter into the new and everlasting covenant and offering up a broken heart and contrite spirit to receive baptism of fire and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That is the sanctification that prepares a man to enter the presence of God in his glory. What does this mean for the church in the last days? What does it really mean? Upon my house it shall begin. Do Latter-day Saints really feel they will be spared the tribulations? Do we really feel like if we are checking all the boxes off the list that that will be enough? I believe most of us will actually need the trials prophesied to come 
to help us awaken to our divine destiny and potential and to arise to fulfill our promised missions. Elder Neil A. Maxwell said, Tri- quote, Trials and tribulations tend to squeeze the artificiality out of us, leaving the essence of what we really are and clarifying what we really yearn for. Unquote. My friends, are you listening? It would be foolish for us to think that we, by virtue of membership in the church alone, might be saved. There is going to be a falling away of the general membership of the church. Mormon saw our day and gave a detailed explanation in Mormon 8. Many read these verses and assume he is talking about people that do not belong to the church. That is not so. Mormon was writing directly to us. He is talking about us as a people. Additionally, Doctrine and Covenants 101 40 tells us, when, when men are called unto mine everlasting gospel and covenant with an everlasting covenant, they are accounted as the salt of the earth and the savor of men. 40. They are called to be the savor of men. Therefore, if that salt of the earth lose its savor, behold, it is thenceforth good for nothing, only to be cast out and trodden under the feet of men. Where much is given, much is required, and if we forget our covenants, we are doomed to be cast out. We are to be the light of the world, to be an example. How can we ask the Lord to look to us and to bring his gospel to the world if we are not living it? He must begin his cleansing among us. Remember, there were ten virgins who were invited to the wedding. The Joseph Smith translation makes an important correction in Matthew 25. The King James Version reads, Afterward come also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Yea, verily I say unto you, I know you not. The, The correction reads, Ye know me not. Only half of them actually knew the bridegroom and were ready when he came. The others were too consumed with other interests to put forth the required effort to know the Lord. We must realize who the virgins are. He is talking about all those who profess to know him. He is talking about us. Half of our membership will not be ready. That includes half of all people who walk among us. Lay members and leaders alike ponder the, ponder the following scriptures. DNC 85:11. And they who are of the high priesthood, whose names are not found written in the book of the law, or that are found to have apostatized, or to have been cut off from the church, as well as the lesser priesthood, or the members in that day, shall not find an inheritance among the saints of the Most High. Doctrine and Covenants 1, 14 and 15. The day cometh that they who will not hear the voice of the Lord, neither the voice of his servants, neither give heed to the words of the prophets and apostles, shall be cut off from among the people. For they have strayed from my ordinances and have broken mine everlasting covenants. Both these scriptures are specifically speaking of those who once made temple covenants but are not living them now. We cannot believe that we are exempt. That is one of the tactics of Satan. Likewise, 2 Nephi 28, 24, and 25 warns, Therefore, woe be unto him that is at Eve in Zion, and woe be unto him that crieth, All is well. The parable of the redemption of Zion is all about future events. 
prophesied things that have not yet come to pass. The parable of the redemption of Zion begins in Doctrine and Covenants 101, 43-63. Then is continued in D.N.C. 103, 11-28. This parable regarding a nobleman, Christ, who plants a vineyard, the Latter-day Church of Christ, he sets up a watchman, administrators of the various churches of Christ, and gives them specific instructions to care for the vineyard and make defensive plans against future days of hardship. The servants successfully plant the olive trees and build a hedge, but even while they are yet laying the foundation of the tower, they they stopped to argue or consult among themselves about how they thought the money should really be spent, then gave the money to the exchangers. They do not listen or obey, and when the enemy comes, they are not prepared. The Latter-day Vineyard is infiltrated. See verses 49 and 50. Then the Lord gathers the residue of my servants, those most faithful, with the strongest testimonies of Christ, verses 55 to 60. As warriors and with a call to battle to go redeem the vineyard. The Lord calls a particular servant, see verses 59 and 60, who is labeled by the Lord as, quote, a faithful and wise steward in the midst of mine house, a ruler in my kingdom, unquote, verse 61. This faithful ruler in his kingdom then obediently sets things in order, quote, concerning all the churches inasmuch as they are willing to be guided in a right and proper way for their salvation, unquote. This servant is later revealed in section 103, 21-22 as Joseph Smith Jr., who the Lord designated as the one who would hold the keys which would not be taken from him until I come. What are we to make of this? DNC section 85, 6 through 12 also describes, quote, one mighty and strong, unquote, who has been called of God to, quote, set in order the house of God, unquote, and, quote, steady the ark, unquote. This individual, according to Orson Pratt, would be a highly ascended or resurrected being. 2,000 years ago, when the Lord visited the remnant, as only the most righteous souls survived the great destruction, he prophesied concerning our day of most particular mention in verse is verse 10 of 3 Nephi 16 in the Book of Mormon. Verse 10, And thus commanded the Father that I should say unto you, At that day when the Gentiles, Latter-day Churches of Christ, shall sin against my gospel, and shall reject the fullness of my gospel, and shall be lifted up in the pride of their hearts above all nations, and above all the people of the whole earth, shall be filled with all manners of lyings and of deceits and of mischiefs and of all manner of hypocrisy and murders and priestcrafts and whoredoms and of secret abominations and if they shall do all those things and shall reject the fullness of my gospel behold said the saith the father i will bring the fullness of my gospel from among them it is our hope and prayer that we may each of us develop the desire and understanding necessary to increase our efforts to come to know the Lord personally. That when the time comes that these things come to pass, we will be ready and we will be among those who are able to stand in the gar garners and not be consumed. 
The challenge is this, to ponder and pray about the future. Parable of the Redemption of Zion as set forth in sections 101 and 103 of the Doctrine and Covenants. As we become aware of our true identities and as we slowly, piece by piece, awaken to significance of our foreordained end-time missions, may we discover that we really are those future Latter-day Souls, warriors, spoken of in Doctrine and Covenants 8870 and 74 to 85. These are For these verses give us great instruction. 70. Tarry ye, tarry ye in this place, and call a solemn assembly, even those who are the first laborers in this last kingdom. 74. And I give unto you, who are the first laborers in the last kingdom, a commandment that you assemble yourselves together, and organize yourselves, and prepare yourselves, and sanctify yourselves, yea, purify your hearts, and cleanse your hands and your feet before me, that I may make you clean. 75. That I may testify unto your Father and your God and my God that you are clean from the blood of the wick- this wicked generation. That I may fulfill this promise, this great and last promise, which I have made unto you when I will. 76. Also I give unto you a commandment that ye shall continue in fasting and prayer from this time forth. 77. And I give unto you a commandment that ye shall teach one another the doctrine of the kingdom. 78. Teach ye diligently, and my grace shall attend you, that you may be instructed more perfectly in theory, in principle, in doctrine, in the law of the gospel, in all things that pertain unto the kingdom of God that are expedient for you to understand. 79. Of things both in heaven and in the earth, and under the earth, things which have been, things which are, things which must shortly come to pass. Things which are at home, things which are abroad, the wars and the perplexities of the nations, and the judgments which are on the land, and a knowledge also of countries and of kingdoms. 80. That ye may be prepared in all things when I shall send you again to magnify the calling whereunto I have called you, and the mission with which I have commanded you. 81. Behold, I sent you to testify and warn the people. And it becometh every man who hath been warned to warn his neighbor. 82. Therefore, they are left without excuse, and their sins are upon their own heads. 83. He that seeketh me early shall find me, and shall not be forsaken. 84. Therefore, tarry ye, and labor diligently, that ye may be perfected in your ministry. To go forth among the Gentiles for the last time as many as the mouth of the Lord shall name, to bind up the law and seal up the testimony, and to prepare the saints for the hour of judgment which is to come. 85. That their souls may escape the wrath of God, the desolation of the abomination which awaits the wicked, both in this world and in the world to come. We admonish you that if you now feel that clarion call, that spiritual poking that is awakening you to the fact that this is also a foreordained calling for you, do not delay. Rise up and magnify yourself.